0: Welcome to the In The Little Things podcast. If you feel that you might be missing out in the little things in life, things like joy, peace, purpose, and hope, well, it can be that distraction and busyness has gotten in the way. Hi, we are Jennifer L. Hodge and Annabelle Arden, and we have created this podcast with you in mind. So often we miss out on the blessings that were meant for us. So let us encourage you as we journey together to pivot closer to God and see all the blessings He has for us. Take a deep breath, sit back, and God's got you covered, even in the little things.
1: this week's in the little things podcast i'm jennifer i'm annabelle and last week we spoke about how god is there in the valley with us um, and we know that he's there with us in our trials and tribulations and so this week we're going to talk about it a little bit differently about how really our angle our perspective is what helps us to get through those trials and our tribulations as we lean into god and you know We see this all the time in the Bible. We see people relying on God's grace and mercy. We saw it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see Peter walking on the water to Jesus. We'll talk about him more in a little bit. Jonah being swallowed by a huge fish. Wow, can you imagine? I never want to have to go through that kind of a perspective. (laughs) Um, Daniel in the lion's den, um, which would have been absolutely terrifying. And then David, who went out boldly in the Lord. And I feel like um, Annabelle has got a great story about how um, her perspective changed as a young child and something she went through.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I wanted to share this story with you today because I feel as we walk through life at any given age, in any stage of life, we confront different fears. There's different Turbulence, there's different trials, there's different hurdles, there's all kinds of obstacles that we have to confront from the moment we're born to the moment we go to the Lord. Mm -hmm. This life here on earth is full of difficulties, right? And if your eyes are not fixed on God and your perspective is from your own viewpoint where you're standing, the fear can be so much that you don't enjoy life. You mm-hmm. don't you don't enjoy the blessings God gives you. And I remember when I was um little, we were in Rochester, New York. And I I have pictures of me playing in the snow mm-hmm. and snow fights and all kinds I've of stuff. I've been there,
1: but not in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: really cold, but it's it's for for kids. I mean, we we were up from ages 2 to 7. I was mm-hmm. up in New York. And in in the place where we lived there were no pools anywhere except at the y there was no lakes or rivers or oceans or any huge source of water so my parents really you know like most parents they took you to to learn how to ski learn how to use a sled you know things that had to do with the cold weather and um swimming lessons were was not in in the works at all because there was no there was no reason to, but then my dad he retired and he says I am done with the
1: snow I
0: <laughs> don't want any more snow I can't blame him oh. no offense
1: to people who love the cold I have a child who does yeah
0: I I like visiting I moved cold to Florida but Michigan. to live there <laughs> uh well my dad he said that's it we're moving to Florida my mom panicked none of us knew how to swim mm-hmm. my two brothers and me knew how to swim. So immediately, I think it was like two months of swimming lessons we mm-hmm. had at the Y be- before we came down. And sure enough, my my mom is very much like me, or I'm, I take after her, where she's extremely social, extremely outgoing. And immediately when she got here, she connected with the church, and through the church, through the clubs, through the clubs, finding, finding groups, you know, just her social calendar started to fill up and within those fill-ups there were pool parties mm-hmm. there were uh, barbecues at a park you know like a week Springs park oh, water or such a part yeah. of life here everywhere yeah. we went there was water and we got our invitation to go to a a friend that she had made who had a condominium on the beach mm-hmm. my mom reluctantly said, okay, we'll go. The boys, my older brothers knew how to swim, but I did not know how to swim yet. Not Mm -hmm. to the point where I could fend off you know, fish oh, or strong no, current. yeah, current. Fish, fish. I don't know. You know, I'm like, I don't want to. It. No, seriously, I scary. would step in the water and I'd be like, "There's fish in here, there's fish." I'd panic. I'd oh panic. my goodness, those
1: fish are more scared of me. Oh man, <laughs> I was
0: petrified. Like but then again, I was I was Marky's age. I was seven years old, uh-huh. so I was little, and it was the first time I ever gone to this expansive ocean. And I, I panicked. I just completely terrified. <laughs> I wouldn't go in the water. And I remember doing this several times with my family and going to this condominium one day, my dad, cause my dad was smart. He, he observed my mom did mm-hmm. spoke and, and entertained and all that. And while my mom was doing that, my dad was watching. He's watching us kids. Observing behaviors,
1: observing. And all your kinds brothers of... are probably out there having a blast. Oh,
0: they were like they were throwing sand at each other and and throwing the frisbee and just having a blast. I was trembling on the beach. I don't want to go near the water. I don't want to go near the water. So then one day, I, I my dad said, "You know what? I'm gonna wait for everybody to go, and it's just gonna be Annabelle and me." And he did. He waited until everybody got to where they were going, and he leaned over, and he says, sweetie, today you're going in the water, and I started to cry, I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want to go in, and I fought him on it. He goes, trust me. I will not let anything happen to you. Aw, good daddy. And so we went in, you know, I'm like tiptoeing into the water, fearful of the fish, and (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm still laughing about the fish thing. (laughs) (laughs) It was horrible. Anything that would touch my leg, I would freak out. And so I start freaking out because obviously there's the currents coming and I see it coming. And it's actually at this point, I'm deep enough that the waves are hitting me in the face. Mm -hmm. And my dad looks down and he realizes, oh, you know, no wonder she doesn't like to come in because she can't pass the waves. He reaches down, grabs me with his two big, big, huge hands, picks me up, and puts me on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, was I in the water, but not being touched by the water or the fish or being hit in the face by the waves. And I got a chance to look beyond where I was. when, If you think about it, a seven-year-old probably comes up to your knees or maybe your thigh. Well, the waves, Layla. think about right. it. Right, yeah. and the waves were at that level. Mm-hmm. So every time I walked in, the water, all I would see were the waves coming at me, mm-hmm. and it scared me half to death. When my dad picked me up and put me on his shoulders for the first time ever, number one, he was holding me with his hands so hard onto my thighs, I knew I wouldn't fall. Mm -hmm. number one he had me well held Mm -hmm. he was he was protecting me then number two the Mm -hmm. waves weren't hitting me in the face and number three the angle in which i saw the ocean completely changed i got to see yachts and boats way out in the in the you know deep end of the ocean yeah because you got focused on the waves
1: so you can enjoy everything
0: exactly my focus and my perspective completely changed from that moment he started from that moment every time we would go to the beach he would he would put me on his shoulders And every time I'm like, Eureka, I could see. I could see beyond the trouble of the waves and beyond all the troubles of of my fear of being in the water. And I knew I was in good hands because my dad held me so tight. And, and, but that's just the beginning of the story because a lot of people don't have, uh, I admit, when you come to Florida and you come to a beach, um, Unless you stay at a hotel, if you're like, if you're like my family, we were very frugal. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't even spend on lunch. We took lunch to the beach. Mm -hmm. We didn't, you know, people would buy. same here. Yeah, we we would always save, save, save money. And so thinking of staying on the beach for us was not even a thought. We would not, we would drive to the beach and then come back home. And a lot of people do that and I'm not saying that's bad, but we, this one time that we went with my mom's new friend who had a condominium, we actually got to stay on the beach overnight. So when the sun, you know, was going, you know, people were leaving and and the sun was, I think that one day it was started to rain because I remember it got dark and my mom said, okay, let's go. And I, I was like, okay, we'll pack up the car and go. She goes, no, honey, we're we're going to that building right there. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to a hotel. She goes, no, we're going to my friend's house. She has a house here, or a, a, an apartment. I, I didn't quite get that at age seven. I was just like, whatever, we'll just follow you. And when we got up there, I noticed they had this huge balcony. And I raced to the balcony mm-hmm. and looked out the balcony the the beach is that big. Right. It's it, the the perspective of seeing the water from below and then being over the water.
1: Right. Stories high. I mean, sometimes to see you see it. dolphins down there. Yes. Actually, that's what I the saw. The deeper water, the different colors of the water. Where exactly. it gets deeper, where it's shallow, where there are sandbars. It's it's cool. It's amazing, and for
0: a seven year old who was so scared of the water. I, for, for the first time ever, was able to see, like like you said, the dolphins playing mm-hmm. off in the distance. I got to see boats that were, ma- cruise boats. Cruise massive. Ships even, right. Yeah, right. massive boats way off in the distance. And I actually was a bit more calm seeing it from that perspective because I realized at that point that once I'll, all I had to do was get through that initial current, over that hump, mm-hmm. over that turbulence right. and the rest was smooth. I, when I was seven, I thought the entire ocean was, was full waves of waves. Crashing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so until I reached the top and realized it's that initial wave, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, mommy, mommy, come here, look at this. And she's like, yeah, it's the ocean. Mm-hmm. What about it? And she had seen it many a times. She already knew. And, and I was like, but mommy, you don't understand the waves are only here right up
1: at the sand right, right
0: up at the sand right and she's like she didn't understand and then my dad said to my mom she was not scared of the ocean she was scared of the waves mm. and my mom looked at me she's like oh, but do you see it's only in the beginning once you pass the beginning everything else is smooth right and I was like I know, I see it now, but I didn't see it when I got in the ocean down there. Right. I thought the entire ocean I would be swallowing seawater, you know? And so for me, it was a revelation. The angle in which I saw the ocean changed so that I could see it from above. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we get into, into that person, when we get into the time that we fear something, maybe... Just maybe, it's just a suggestion. Change the angle and the perspective that you see that problem. And just maybe that will give you a perspective of what is truly the the obstacle.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, this reminds me so much of, of Peter. I wanted to come back to Peter anyhow because um, when I first heard your story, it's the first thing that, that I thought of because there was a, an actual story in the Bible where our father— um, did do that for us, you know, through the person of Jesus. And so um, it, it reminded me of of, of in Matthew um, chapter 14, Peter and the, the apostles, they're seeing, you know, Jesus, Jesus's disciples are essentially seeing him walk on water. Um, and they think that it's a ghost, they're terrified. And Peter says, well, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Mm -hmm. kind of a crazy request, but Peter recognizes already that Jesus is all powerful. Right. And so of course Jesus says, okay, well, come on. You know, and so Peter gets down and he starts walking toward Jesus and then he sees the wind and the waves and he gets scared and he begins to sink. So he cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and he catches him and brings him up and says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Like you were doing it. Why did you doubt? If you hadn't looked around, if you hadn't, you know, focused on the scary part of this, you would have been okay. Um, But I think what's cool about this is that here Jesus is teaching Peter about perspective and about focus, about trusting in him. Um, But earlier in the day, that day began with him finding out that his beloved cousin, John, who was only about six months older than him, he found out John had been beheaded John, I mean, the Baptist. John the Baptist had mm-hmm. just been beheaded. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the first inclination that Jesus had was to go somewhere by himself. He he knew that he needed to get in the right perspective, and he wanted to commune with the Father. Mm-hmm. And he tried to withdraw on his own, and a bunch of people found what he was doing. They, they they essentially followed him, and he had compassion on them. And so instead of, you know, sulking off, not sulking, but, you know, instead of going and praying alone. grieving.
0: Grieving, grieving alone, right, pain. and just
1: processing this. He sat. He sat there and he taught these people, and um, it was the time. This is where he fed the five thousand. It was mm. one of the biggest recorded miracles that we have in the Bible, and so it's pretty amazing that Jesus had that kind of compassion. But when all of that is done, after the high of this um, miracle that you know the disciples are on, he dismisses the crowds, crowds, and Jesus insists okay, you guys are going to head off across the water. I need to stay here. And he stayed behind and went up on the mountainside to pray alone. So yeah. he finally mm-hmm. got his time alone.
0: Yeah,
1: And he got his own self Straight. into that perspective, you know, with God. And then that's when he started walking across the water to catch up to the boat. And that's when the disciples were fearful and thinking he was a ghost or uh-huh. something. And that's when Peter cried out to him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. So I just think it's so cool that we see in this that Jesus immediately going through grief. I think one of the most painful sorts of circumstances a human can face Mm -hmm. um, immediately tries to go to God and then he has compassion on people and he still serves God through all of this. And then, uh, and of course he is God. I'm not saying, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. He is God, but he's serving the father. He's serving the people. And, Afterwards, he still brings himself to that moment of relying on that community he has with the Father. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's um, a real um, lesson to us that if Jesus needs it, and then immediately after this, he teaches Peter that he needs it too, how much more do we need it? Mm -hmm. You know, I went through um, a time in my life, and, and I think it's important to realize when we're going through these, we are serving God, as a matter of fact, and Um, I went through a time of a broken engagement. Through that, I remember the broken engagement. It was thirty-six hours before the wedding. You guys, (laughs) that was not easy. Yeah, no, no. Um, thirty-six planning. Yeah, very big wedding was planned, and after all that, it was thirty-six hours before the wedding. But um, there was one thing I wanted to do. I knew I had already. I mean, everything was already paid for, right? And so I still continued with the reception. But we called it a family and friends reunion <laughs> from oh, my okay. side of the family nice. and they they came out so that I would be surrounded by people who loved me and yeah. who could, you know, and I love dancing and it just kind of got my mind off of it to just spend the time with my cousins and my friends and aunts and uncles and people who just poured into my life. During that time, I had been doing a lot of lyrical dance. So when it came time for that reception, I knew there was a song that would really um, speak to me and it would nourish. Um, my soul and mm-hmm. so I, I did a lyrical dance at the reception to a song called love that will not let me go and it pertained to me because the lyrics are love that will not there is a love that will not let me go and I can face tomorrow because mm-hmm. you hold me forever and stronger than the mighty winds that blow I am safe within your arms oh love that will not let me go
0: oh that's beautiful now
1: at the time I have to tell you I was in deep deep hurt yeah and deep deep pain so this was more a song of faith than of feeling at the right. time i wasn't feeling all blessed and used by god and that i was serving him but probably a couple years after that some of my cousins came to me and they told me that that had spoken a lot into their lives that oh, wow. in that hurt that i would that i would have faith in god right because um to them, they looked on me as having a fairly easy life, and they probably thought it was easy for me to serve God mm-hmm. because, you know, I had such a solid family, and my parents always took me to church, um, you know, I went through college, and, and my parents covered that for me, and I was really blessed in so many ways that way, and I think that for them to see me in a deep, deep hurt like that, and yet glorify God, changed their perspective of right. what faith really was right. and what it looked like. But I didn't even realize that my walk through that time in any way impacted other people. Mm. And I wasn't even, honestly, I wasn't doing that with a heart to serve. It it was helpful to me to be reminded of those things through that song. It was like a release for me. Right, Right, right. Um, But about 21 or 22 years later, just a couple years ago, I got an email from somebody who was a friend during that time. And I have not seen this guy. He was a very good friend. His name is Rich. I haven't seen Rich in 20-some years. Mm -hmm. And Rich wrote to me and said, Jennifer during that time of your life, when you were going through that, I wondered how. And it always made me curious about your faith. And I want you to know I'm a believer now. Oh, wow. And in no small part because of the testimony you had during that time. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness, just imagine. I had no idea. No idea anyone was watching. Anyone was taking note of that. I thought Rich was there for me to help me and support me through it but at the same time God was using me to draw him to himself. Right. Right. And and that's that is a prime
0: example on how if we fix our eyes on God even through the trials, even through the hardships, times where we ourselves are struggling or or having fears or having anxiety, if we would just fix our eyes on God and and his love for us. And what can happen is he will not only love us through and carry us through, like in the case of my dad, carry me through those waves that were smacking me in the face. He will pick you up. Mm-hmm. He will pick you up and carry you through that. Like we said last mm-hmm. last week with the footprints um, right. poem that you, you read. We just need to be able to trust him. We need to allow him to use us right for the his idea own that we
1: can serve him through that even when we don't know that we're serving him is pretty incredible to me yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's just so cool to know we're in his hands in that way so i just um one of the things i would love to share is um, kind of a challenge and uh, as annabelle said we need to lean into god and lean into him in those hard times and one of the first ways to do this is simply to pray and ask him to help you he knows what you're going through already And sometimes, honestly, my prayers are sitting there in silence and just grieving before him or just sitting there speechless before him because I don't even know what to say. Mm -hmm. So I just let him listen to my soul and just let him know I'm there waiting for him to respond. And be quiet and be still and know that he is God. Mm -hmm. Right, because there are those moments that are too difficult to express in words. Um, And then I think trusting him is a big part of that, knowing that he is going to come through. He is going to respond. He is there with you anyhow, and he knows what you're going through. He's experienced it himself, just like we saw with um, Jesus trying again and again to get off on his own and be able to grieve Mm -hmm. um, after learning about his cousin John having been beheaded. But when we do that, God can show us his perspective. Mm -hmm. He can give us a whole new viewpoint, um, and he helps us to see he's stronger than any of it. Right. That he's above it all and that, he, that he'll that he carry us through it. You know, I, I think that that's the biggest thing. And, and it comes much more easily as you do it than the first time you trust. Yeah. You know, because just like you knew your dad was never going to let you go, even at seven, your dad had proven again and again and again that he loved you and that he cared for you and that if he told you something, he was going to do it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that's
1: how it is with God. You mm-hmm. know, again and again, we trust him and it just gets easier all the time.
0: Yes. A song that came to me when I was writing this podcast and really contemplating what we're going to speak of today. I was sitting here in my office and I, I'm i a person who doesn't like quiet. I can't handle quiet.
1: Oh no, um, awful silence. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I have the radio always blasting in my office and As I'm sitting here typing away, Good Good Father came on. I like that song. And it's a wonderful song. It fits perfectly into what we're talking about today. But I, I do wanna encourage everyone, like Jennifer said, just know that during your trials and during your testing, there's a purpose behind it. And a lot of times we just need to seek God. We need to change our perspective and say, Lord, show me your perspective in this. What is the bigger picture? In my case with my story this week, because I was little and the waves would hit me in the face until my earthly father put me on his shoulders, that's when I saw the expansion and the peacefulness and the beauty of the ocean. And so when you get into that place where you have fear of something and you're facing something hard, Ask God, change my perspective. So if you don't mind, let me go ahead and pray over us today and just uh, come to the Father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your unconditional love. Thank you for always lifting us up in our times of trouble. Help us to trust you and ask you to change our angle. Give us a special insight into our situation that we're walking. We know that you're a loving God and that everything works out for your good. Just like Jennifer's story has shown, people were saved at a time where she was grieving. Use us, Lord, for your glory and bring us closer to you. We know that you faithfully carry us through anything for nothing is too big for you. Help us to stay closer to you during the riptide and not be swept away, but drift us closer to you so that we can stand strong in faith and be a testimony of your love. Help us to know that our present situation is just temporary so that you can spiritually grow us and mature us in your word and who you are. For your ways are always perfect and your love is always bigger than anything else. So thank you for holding us up over the waves and never letting go of your grip. We thank you in your powerful name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And if you have any questions or any topics that you would like covered, any suggestions, feel free to, to um, go to our website or any prayer requests. Just go to com. And until next week, I pray that you will have a blessed, glorious week. Bye-bye for now.
1: Bye. Have a great week. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's been so awesome spending time with you. Thank you for listening to today's In the Little Things podcast. As we navigate this journey together, I highly encourage you to hit the subscribe button so you will not miss the upcoming episodes. Feel free to share this with anyone you feel would be inspired, encouraged, or strengthened. And if you'd like to know more about the Annabelle Arden ministry, You can go ahead and push the button on this podcast, AnnabelleArden.com. There you can find more information on the ministry itself and all the upcoming events, any new uh, merchandise that you you can get for birthdays and stuff, you know. And also, if you wanted to leave any comments or anything private, you can do it there as well on my Connect page. Uh, For now, I just want to thank you again for being with me. Um, Hit the like button if you uh, like this podcast. And uh, may God love, just bless you and and embrace you this week. As you encounter him on a personal and closer level, I hope that you will see God's love in the little things. And uh, for now, I will see you next week. And until then, know that your presence has been purposed. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.